Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hi, everybody. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode, we're going to talk about increasing empathy. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. With us today, as always, is Jeff East. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hi, Eric. I'm doing fine. Very familiar with the word empathy. It's a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. But today we're going to talk about increasing it. So maybe for the audience, empathy means what, and then we can dive into how do we okay. increase it. Two words get sometimes mashed together that really don't have that much to do with each other, at least in my mind, is sympathy and empathy. You know, we get sympathy cards. We, you know, feel sympathetic towards someone. Sympathy is a, to me, a more of a surface emotion rather than something deep. Sympathy almost always to me means I'm sorry you're going through that, but I'm glad it's not me. You know, when somebody shows sympathy, they're almost showing a, a position superior to the person that's going through what it is because they're not sharing it. Is that almost kind of like, a pat on the back and saying, hey, I'm sorry that this happened. Right. And moving on. How often do we, you know, you go into work or you go into some place that you go to all the time, a restaurant, and the, the person that waits you in your restaurant or your coworker, how you doing today? Not so good. Well, I'm sorry. It's, and you going about your business. Or, gotcha. or you can tell that there's something off. Empathy is a lot deeper. Empathy is when you actually are putting yourself as best you can into that person's shoes, is for want of a better word, you're actually connecting with their emotions. And of most times, there may not be a, a something in your life that's exactly the same, but something that's shared. And and there's some things about it. It's non-judgmental. Mm -hmm. when, when you're dealing with empathy, you, you're not going to tell the person, well, you should have done this 
this way or it's not that bad. That's the last thing somebody that's really feeling uh, upset about something is it's not that bad. And to be open, to be truly empathetic, you need to be open to the other person. Be genuine. Don't hold anything back. I would imagine that there's a number of people that hearing this would say, well, yeah, Jeff, I do that. I, I absolutely, I, I know how to like put myself in their shoes. Or maybe a great example for me is that I was, I experienced a lot of corporate downsizing and, you know, eliminating of position. So anytime that someone tells me or I hear about someone losing their job, I'm immediately, I'm drawn to that. Hey, I know what that feels like. But let's just say that is true. And so how do we increase it? Because we can't just, I don't want us to be in that place, right, where we're saying, well, as long as you did that, you're good. How, how do we increase empathy? You increase it, one, one of the most important things we can do for someone is to listen to them, to actually give them your undivided attention. You know, in today's world, put your phone down. You know, if you're at your desk, you know, shut your laptop or turn your screen off. Give them your undivided attention and listen to them. And then sharing. Once again, you don't want to, you know, one, some people have a tendency to try to outdo them mm-hmm. for the bad thing that's happening. Would that be like drawing an example from their own life? Or drawing an example from your life. Okay. Uh, in the, the prison ministry, when we talk about listening, we have something called Me Too-isms. You hmm. don't want to do that. You want to share the experience, but you don't want to try to top their experience with your bad experience. That's not why you're there. You're because they're the star of the show, not you. Yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. The star of the show. I like that. Okay. And then you respond in a way that shows concern. That does not necessarily, or in most cases, doesn't mean you're going to try to fix whatever it is. We try to do that. That's not what you're there for. There may be a chance for you to help the person some way, but that's not your primary goal. Your primary goal is to show them that somebody does really care about them. And there's another little thing that I think is important. You know, we're talking about, you know, grief and and something bad going on. There's also empathy, sharing feelings with something that's good. Hmm. If somebody had a a big birth of a child or had been cancer-free for a year, we sometimes, oh, that's great, and walk away. We don't show empathy, share in their good emotion, their positive emotions. And, And I think that is important, too. To connect that same way. That's big, Jeff. I mean, because you're right. The, the, the real positive stuff can sometimes be easy to just turn away from. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really good advice. So, hey, I got to ask you, one of my favorite stories uh, in a previous episode, we talked a little bit about Winnie. And I know we have some regular listeners that may remember <laughs> Winnie, but for those that maybe are just joining us for this episode, who is Winnie? Again? Winnie is... About a year and a half, maybe two-year-old boxer pit bull mix that's a rescue dog. We've had her about three months now. Winnie is a, you know, she's exuberant. We call her our little trip hazard because she's always getting under our feet because she's so happy. But Winnie is a lot like a lot of dogs. A dog, some people will disagree with this, but I've seen studies show that this is true. Dogs show empathy to their owners, to their the people that they're with. If we've had a bad day, she'll want, she'll come up and instead of doing all the running and jumping and all the things that she normally would do, she'll come up and want to cuddle. You know, she'll put your head her head on your leg and just look at you mm. to comfort you. She's showing empathy. She's not saying a thing. She's not telling me how to fix it. She's not really asking me 
what's going on. She's just being there to comfort. And I think that's what we miss in today's society. There's not very many people that can do that for someone else just to be there to comfort them. And that's why increasing empathy, I think, is important. Does that kind of go back to the we're a very me-oriented society, mm-hmm. right? Considering our the environments that we run in, be it politics, be it religion, be it just in general, this idea to be self-focused. Because mm-hmm. I got to imagine that if you're very self-focused, it probably is pretty difficult to give somebody undivided attention and listening. Would you agree? I mean, is that very much when you're in a conversation with someone? Okay, what is going through your mind while you're listening? Are you listening to the person or are you planning your response to what they're saying? Hmm. You can't do both very well at the same time. If you're planning your response because I want to have this great input into the conversation, you're not being very empathetic. That's the, that's the me. I think it's important that we look look toward the idea of extremes again. Okay. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, the two different extremes okay. in, in this area? Well, distant is where you are shut off from everybody. You may be in a group room of people, group of people, but you're not connecting with them at all. You're not really there for anyone. Even they might be there for you, but you've shut them off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're isolated. You ignore feelings. If you do start feeling some empathy for something, you stamp that down because you don't want to get involved. You don't want to expose yourself. You don't want to show weakness. You think things through. Well, you're in this situation because you did this, this, and this wrong, and you deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a big extreme. So there's that. So you, you have trouble switching from feeling the emotions that – are present instead of feeling them, you're analyzing them. In some ways we've touched on it in other episodes about the idea of awareness and and maybe self-awareness is the right way to say it. But I would say from my own experiences and being around smart people, being around not so smart people, the majority of folks out there can read when someone doesn't care. And I, I think that's important for us all to remember, especially if we're in this area of extreme here, because sometimes you can think that the person is not getting it, but most people can tell when you are a disinterested party. So what about the other extreme? Okay, well, entangled, I like that. Somebody that is has very high empathy already, that can be a hindrance to getting through life. Let's as an example, let's say you're a supervisor and you have a coworker that is a great person that shows up for work every day, but they're just not cut out for that job. They're talented in other ways, but you don't want to have the conversation. You know, this isn't working out. You know, you're not happy. Your coworkers are not happy. You don't want to have that conversation. So your empathy is keeping that person on maybe with some hope that they'll change. And that's probably not going to happen. So your high empathy is harming everyone. You're harming the person's coworkers. You're harming themselves because they're not happy. They're not going to be able to grow and do that. And you're you know, harming yourself because you're dealing with all this stress. These coworkers are upset because this person, not because they're not trying, not because they're giving their best effort. They're just not cut out for that job. Nobody is cut out for every job. Empathy can also hurt if you don't let things flow. Sometimes if in a situation you might want to stop this because 
it might cause harm to the person. But that might need to happen for growth. That's really, really difficult and mm-hmm. very, very true. That happens a lot in families. Okay. I can vouch for that. Okay. Yeah. We kind of remember this, this, what we've been talking about is not just work stuff. It's life stuff. So yeah, empathy can do that. Showing empathy in the workplace also can be when you know somebody is going through a rough time and, you know, it's a temporary thing. Maybe they're ill, their spouse is ill, something like that. And you can show them empathy in a proper way by going, you don't need to say anything. You just cut them some slack. Mm-hmm. Or you let them know, you know, I understand you're going through a rough time. It's okay. That's where empathy can be used the correct way. Let's look as as uh, always, to, what are the dangers here? Well, the, the dangers are high empathy can put you to be vulnerable. You know, sometimes it could be physically vulnerable. You see you know, someone along the side of the road and you, you, you want to help someone or you want to do something and it might put you in a physically dangerous situation. But it, it's more putting you in an emotionally dangerous situation where you're not having any boundaries. And that's okay. Boundaries are important. If you don't have boundaries, you're just going to be taken advantage of. So you, you need to have couple your empathy with all the other competencies we've talked about, you know, recognizing your pattern. And my pattern is I'm not going to have the conversation with the person. So I'm just not going to do it. So that high empathy <laughs> coupled with a pattern of not having the conversation can hurt everybody. That's that's the biggest danger is just making yourself vulnerable for things that aren't positive. Let's look at some homework. Okay. What do you think? What can uh, our audience take away from today's episode and maybe work on that can help them increase their empathy? When I was thinking about this, I was trying to come up with a safe way for people to do this. Oh, that's important. <laughs> okay. Safe is good. So. I would say to your comfort level, try to connect with people differently than you have. You know, if you're already connecting on this kind of a level, fine. But if you're the one, the the, the normal person that when you know a coworker or somebody in your family is not feeling well and you just just try to however deeply you're comfortable with, connect with them differently. Try the actual listening to what they're saying. Try the non-judgmental part of it. Just do that, and sometimes that's all you need to do, and you might want to practice it just in your mind before you try to do it because this is one that can get you in trouble if you're not careful. There's something that leaps out to me as you said that, Jeff, is that uh, the majority of people want to be heard, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They want to be listened to, and oftentimes, especially if the situation is pretty deep, they realize that you're not coming around to their cube and going to fix their problem for them. Right. But the idea of being heard is, is real important. Sometimes when people can talk it out with you, they find their own solution. And that, that goes back to what we talked about in some of the, the learning philosophies, that, that wisdom comes within that person. The person that's going through this situation probably has what it takes to get them to where they want to be but they just need to verbalize it. They need to have somebody to, to bounce it off of. And even if that means just having a better outlook on a problem that maybe is not mm-hmm. something that can be necessarily fixed, right? Mm-hmm. Coming to the end of this episode, as always, great talking with you. I enjoyed it. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. 
Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So yes. How do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.